The Movement Church is all about passionate people who build authentic relationships to reach limitless potential and serves Orange County, California. For more information, visit us online at theocmovement.com. We hope you enjoy this message from the Movement. I'm excited to be here with you this morning um, down from San Does anybody like going to San Diego? Yeah, all right, good. What's well, a good place to be? We're loving it down there, and uh, God's doing some incredible things. But I'm not here to talk about what God's doing there. I I'm here to talk about what God's doing here this morning, and I believe that um, God sent me uh, today uh, with a message for you. And so why don't you do me a favor? If you have a Bible, um, you can open it up to an Old Testament book called Kings. And we're going to go to a book called Second Kings. And I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes I have a hard time finding my way around my Bible. And I know that might sound funny because uh, I'm a pastor, but I really do. I have a hard time finding a way my, uh, around my Bible sometimes. And so the easiest way is to get a digital Bible. Come on, somebody. And then you can just point, click, and there you are. It's just, it shows up right there. But if you have an old school leather bound or paperback or whatever kind of Bible you have, the easiest way to find any book in the Bible is go to the table of contents and just kind of scroll down and, and find that book. So 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, we're going to read a lengthy portion of Scripture. If you don't have a Bible with you, that's okay. Um, I believe that it's going to be on the screens behind me as well. And today, what I want to talk to you about as uh, you're in this series, if you've been coming to the Movement Church for a while, you know you're in a series um, you know, uh, called Crashing the Chatterbox. Those voices uh, that can appear in our heads and, and, and begin to whisper things to us that would discourage us, that would detour us, that would uh, maybe cause us to go in a direction that God doesn't want us to walk in. And so we've been crashing those thoughts and crashing those, those words that would come against us and discovering that if we do that, God has an incredible plan for each and every one of us, all right? And uh, so today we're going to continue that thought. And uh, the thought I want to continue with you today in crashing the chatterbox is this thought that if you give in to uh, those words, those whispers, and here's what I've discovered. I've discovered that a lot of times if you continue to live, listen to the outside negative voices in your life, they'll eventually become inside negative voices. And, uh, and so today what I want to talk to you about is not giving up when you are facing challenges in your life, when those whispers begin to come. And I believe that as we dive into this today, that God's going to speak to you, encourage you. And really not giving up is a major theme in the Bible. One of my favorite verses of all times is Galatians 6, verse 9, that says, hey, um, you know what? Uh, keep going, because if you don't give up, you're going to reap that which you're sowing, all right? Um, God's not mocked, and God's not going to be mocked in your journey. God's not going to be mocked in your life. If you're here today and you felt like throwing in the towel in any area of your life, whether it is your spiritual journey, whether it is a relationship, whether it is a marriage, uh, whether it is your children that you've been praying for, whether it's a business that you're involved in, if you've ever felt like throwing in the towel in some area of your life before, now maybe I'm just talking to myself. Maybe this is just for me today. Uh, but if you feel like throwing in the towel in any area of your life today, then I believe this message is for you, and God's going to encourage you by it today. 2 Kings chapter 4, and uh, we're going to read about a woman uh, who's simply known as the Shunammite woman. And we're going to start in verse 8, and once again, I'm going to read a lengthy portion of Scripture, but if you came for a movie, you in the wrong theater. Come on now. 2 Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 8, and it says, One day Elisha went on to Shunem. Shunem is a, is a city. Who is Elisha? Uh, Elisha is a prophet. What is a prophet? A prophet really um, is this. He's, he's one that carries the anointing and the mantle of God in the Old Testament, okay? He would be anointed by God to speak words to the nation of Israel, to encourage them, to challenge them, to give them direction. And so Elisha is one of those guys. And the Bible says that this man... 
anointed man of God, really a typology or a symbol of the presence of God, would come to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. Now, what, what, what's this word wealthy mean? It, really mean? it literally means wealthy. In your translation, if you're looking at your Bible, it might say notable or it might mean great. Uh, but what the Bible's talking about here is here is a woman of, of great financial substance. She has some finances. And so whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, behold, now I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. This is the man of God. This is really the the presence of God that passes by us regularly. Verse 10, let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. Notice what she does. She recognizes that this man of God, let's put it this way, the presence of God comes by regularly, but but something inside of her says, I'm not content just with the regular passing by of the presence of God. I, I want to obtain the presence of God. And here's one thing I learned through reading this scripture is that uh, you might be here today and you might need God to move in some area of your life. You might need God to speak to you in some area of your life. But here's what I've come to learn is we can never make God move. Nothing we can do can make God move. But what we can do is make room in our life for which God can begin to move. Are you with me? There is nothing she could do to make the man of God come more often. But what she recognized is, is I have some stuff available to me. And if I begin to take what's available to me and I begin to expand this space, then maybe when he comes, he would fill more room in my house. How does that relate to us today? I believe that there's some of you here today that you've been praying something. You've been asking for God for something. And and really, you need God to move in your life. But you've been praying and praying. And I feel like the Holy Spirit would say to you today that, you can't make him move in your life, but what you can begin to do is begin to make room in your life in which he can begin to move. Are you with me this morning? And so she begins to do this, and she begins to build this upper room, this place from the come, and then she begins to fill it with several things, which are key things we don't have time for today. Verse 11, one day he came there, and he turned into the chamber and rested there. Now notice, it's no longer just passing by, but now because she created room for the man of God, he comes in and he begins to rest there. I believe that if we would begin to make room for God in our life, what does that mean? Maybe there's something, you, maybe you need to just spend a little more quiet time. Maybe you just need to turn off some other things and, and just create some space for God to move. And if you do that, he will come and he will rest there. Verse 12, and he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him and he said to him, say now to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us and what is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, no, I'm good. My translation. Verse 14, and he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered and, and said this, said, well, she has no son and her husband is, is old. He said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway, the, the, the doorway of the room in which she created, the doorway in the room in which she had created space for the, the man of God to fill. And she stood there at the doorway and he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about that time, the father. 
following spring as Elisha had said. Here she stands at the doorway of the room of the place of the space which she created for God or the presence of God to come and inhabit. And now the, the man of God begins to say, hey, come here. And she stands at that doorway. He discovers now what is the most important thing to her. She's never had a child. She's never had a son. She's never been able to hold this dream, this thing that, that probably years have gone by. Notice the Bible makes mention that her husband is old. This is something she's been desiring for a long time. Does anybody have a dream? Does anybody have an idea in here today that you've been holding out for, you've been holding on to, and you've really wanted, but yet you haven't seen it yet? Yeah. He says, you're going to get it. But she immediately gets scared and she says, no, 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 no. This is something I've been dreaming of. This is something I've been longing for. This is something I've been wanting. Don't lie to me. Don't just say this if it's not going to come to pass. But sure enough, that time, following year, she has a son. Verse 18. When the child had grown, he went out to his father among the reapers. So the time that they would go was around 12 or 13. So now this mom has been living with the promise, living with this desire now for 12 or 13 years. And he goes out to the reapers, verse 19, and he said to his father, oh, my head, my head. And the father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. When he had lifted him up and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap till noon and then he died. The dream that I dreamt of for so long, the thing that I've wanted to obtain has now come and I've been carrying it for 12 years. Don't lie to me. Don't deceive me. And now it's been ripped away. Verse 21, and she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys, that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. And he said, why will you, will you go to him? It is neither new moon or Sabbath. And she said, all is well. Then she saddled the donkey and she said to her servant, urge the animal on, do not slacken the pace unless I tell you. So she went out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, look, there is the Shunammite. Run at once, meet her and say to her, is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, all is well. And when she came to the mountain, the man of God, she caught hold of his feet and Gehazi came to push her away. But, but the man of God said, leave her alone for she is in bitter distress and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, did I ask my Lord for a son? I didn't ask for that. Do not deceive me is what I said. And he said to Gehazi, tie up your garment and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not reply and lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child says, as the Lord lives and as yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her and Gehazi went ahead of them, laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was no sound or sign of life. Therefore he returned to meet him and told him the child has not awakened. And when Elisha came into the house, he saw the child laying dead on his bed in the place that she had created for the anointing to move. And so he went up and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And then he went up and lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes 
placing his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. And then he got up again and walked once back and forth in the house and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. And so he called her. And and when she came to him, he said, pick up your son, pick up your dream, pick up your desire, take that which I promised you. And she came in, fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. Let me pray. God, we thank you so much for your word today. God, I thank you that your word is is, is amazing. And I pray that in these moments now that we share together around your word, that you would speak to each and every person in this place. Lord, I believe with all my heart there are some people in here right now that feel like giving up. They feel like throwing in the towel. The chatterbox has been, has been just at them nonstop and speaking things to them. And they feel like giving up. But Lord, I pray today that you would encourage them by your word. You would encourage them by your spirit. You would encourage them by your presence. And we walk out of this place knowing, God, that no matter what we face, if you are for us, who can be against us? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 I've been married to my wife for uh, 18 years uh, this coming summer, and uh, we have two daughters. I have a daughter that's turning 13. Pray for me. She's entering the teenage years. So those of you that have teenagers, please pray for me. Maybe throw some fasting in there. That'd be awesome. And I have another daughter who, who is 10, and they're incredible. Uh, uh, man, just amazing little girls. And uh, ever since they were young, and all the homes that we've lived in, we've, had, we've, been, we've been blessed with a pool, and so we've had a pool. And a couple of things my wife would bring up right away is that, Ben, we're having children. We have a pool. Uh, we need to get, like, a safety fence for the pool. And I, I checked the price on safety fences, and I thought, man, we gotta, we got to figure out a different way here. So rather than investing in safety fences, I invest in swimming lessons. Come on, somebody. Why have a pool if you're going to put an ugly fence around it, Right? And so I immediately invested in swimming lessons from the time they were young. And I'll never forget my daughter, Cara, who's turning 13 this summer. Uh, when she was about 16 months old, we began to give her swimming lessons. And so we researched and found the best place in our area to get swimming lessons. And we would take her to this pool and, and she would have an instructor and it was one-on-one instruction. And, and she did this all summer long because we, we, we wanted our daughter to know how to swim if we're going to have a pool. So I remember a couple, couple of swim lessons in, uh, the instructor would have her by the, by the sides of her, of her, you know, belly and would help her around the pool as she would, you know, just try to, try to kick through the water. And so the instructor began to teach her uh, a couple of different things to help her actually begin to stay above water and, and begin to swim. And, and, and the first one was, was using your hands. And so he would take her around the pool and he would whisper to her, say, okay, now reach, reach through the water, now pull. Now reach through the water and now, now pull and now reach through the water. And so this would go on like almost the entire lesson. And so she would be reaching through the water and pulling. And, and uh, you know, my daughter's uh, so cute and she likes, she likes music. And so she put a little rhythm to it. And uh, so by the time she showed up to the next time, the instructor immediately would take her and go like this in the water. And also on her own, she'd go reach and pull, reach and pull, reach and pull. Now, I don't know, but I, I, my daughters happen to be loud. I don't know if that's typical of all girls. And so it wasn't like she was just whispering it, but she would be in this covered pool area and she would be at the top of her lungs. Reach and pull, reach and pull. And like all the parents would be like, man, who is that loud child? And I'd be like, shut up. That's my girl. I mean, look at your kid. They're dropping to the bottom. They're sinking. At least mine's staying up. Come on, somebody, right? She would just be reaching, you know? 
And, and then a couple lessons in, then, then the instructor, you know, he would say, okay, now we've got to put the next part to it, and you've got to kick your legs. And so he would take her and say, okay, don't use your arms this time, just use your legs. And, and so she would, and he would say, okay, keep kicking, keep kicking, keep kicking. Come on, you can do it, car, keep kicking. And so, man, the time came to put the two together, and I'll never forget that day in that pool. And, and I was sitting there watching my daughter get these lessons, and, and here he goes, and he's going with her. And all of a sudden, she starts going, re-chimple, re-chimple, I'm kicking, I'm kicking, I'm kicking. And I just, my chest puffed up, and I was like, that's my girl. Come on, somebody. All around the pool at the top of her lungs, and I just thought it was the most adorable thing ever. And, so I remember one day we were at home, and I, I went, went out and sat in the hot tub, and my wife said, hey, I'm going to get car ready and get her swimsuit on, and I'll send her out to you. And I was like, awesome. And one of the things we would love to do at our pool is I would stand on the edge of the pool, and she would be sitting down, dangling her feet in the water, and she would count down for me, and I would jump in. And so she would go, three, two, one, jump. And I would jump, and then she would just laugh, right? This is a cool thing we did. But I happened to be out there, and I was sitting in the hot tub. My wife, you know, gets my daughter ready, and she comes wallowing out in her cute little swimsuit, you know. And, and she's standing there with a big smile on her face, and she's standing at the edge of the pool, and I'm sitting in the hot tub. And, and all of a sudden, she starts going, three, two. And I'm like, wait a second, baby, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the pool. I'm in the hot tub. You know, what are you doing? And she goes, one. And then she just jumps. And at that moment, I did what every good father in this place would do. I watched her sink to see if those swimming lessons paid off. Come on, somebody. Dads, you know what I'm talking about. Moms are like, you don't ever do that, right? But I'm, I'm hey, look, I want to know that I, my investment paid off. And so there she goes, and she jumps, and she starts sinking to, to the bottom of the pool. And I'm like, okay, you know, part of me is wanting to grab her. The other part's like, come on, did this work? Did this work? Come on, lessons pay off. Obviously, every couple of seconds, looking over my shoulder to make sure my wife's not there. You all know what I'm talking about, right? He's like, no, she's like, okay, you're still good. All right, I'm still good. Yep, it's all good, right? And she's sinking to the bottom, and I'm watching, and I'm looking at her. And in my heart, I'm like, come on, baby, you can do this. Come on, baby, you can do this. And her eyes are just super big. And they're staring up at me, like with fear gripping her. And she's just like, like the thought, Daddy, are you going to do something? And I'm like, no, you can do it. And all of a sudden, I see her, and she starts to, she starts to rise to the top. And I'm like, Yes! Yes! And she's coming to the top and her eyes are just bugging out of her head. And all of a sudden her little mouth gets to the top and all of a sudden I hear, Reach Apple! Reach Apple! I'm kicking! I'm kicking! I'm kicking! I say, yes! And ladies and gentlemen, I learned something at that moment. It might feel like you are in over your head. It might feel like the obstacle or the circumstance has got you pushed down. But if you continue to reach in front of you and grab that and push it behind you, you will eventually get to the other side of whatever you are going through. And I believe there are some of you here today, you feel like throwing in the towel. You feel like giving up. You feel like calling it quits. But God would say to you today, don't listen to those voices. Remember the whisper of the Holy Spirit that says, come on, son. Come on, daughter. Reach. You, you can do this. Come on, pull. You can do this. Come on. If you've got to kick your way out of it, you can do this by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. 
In my church, that's where they say amen. This woman in the Bible, clearly not content with the way things were. But what I love about this story is she never sought after her desire. She never sought after her miracle. Instead, what she did is she sought after the one that could bring about the desire and the miracle. She sought after. Deep down desire, I, I want this promise. I want a child. I want a son. I've, I've never had one, but I'm not going to focus on that. What I'm going to do instead is I'm going to focus on, on, on the presence of God that keeps passing by. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some stuff that I have because I got some stuff. And, and I'm going to begin to build something for him to come and inhabit. Now listen to me today. You might be looking at this scripture and thinking, yeah, well, she was wealthy. She had the ability to build something. She had the ability to make something. And you would think that if you didn't read the, the previous seven verses about another woman who had absolutely nothing. But took what she did have in her state of nothingness. She was not wealthy. She was actually poor. But took what she did have have and created something with what she did have. And because of that, the presence of God came to her as well. Listen to me. God is not asking for something you don't have. He's just saying, hey, whatever you do have, would you make room for me? And if you make room for me, watch and see what I'm going to do. The presence of God shows up, and is so blessed and so pleased. And by the grace of God says, I want to, I want to do something because this woman never focused on what she was lacking, but focused on building room for me. So the promise comes, you're going to have a child. 12 years go by and the child, the dream, it dies. Now, I don't know about you, but it's one thing to, to go through life having a dream and something you really want to obtain and never obtain it, but it's a completely different thing to taste it, to have it, to see it, to feel it, to touch it, and then to have it ripped away from you. And this woman had it ripped away from her. And at that moment, she could have conceded. She could have thrown in the towel. She could have called it quits. But she didn't. Let me share with you real quickly these thoughts, if I may, about not giving up. Are you with me this morning? She didn't give up. Her first opportunity... And the first opportunity that I believe in these moments where it feels like you want to throw in the towel, that the chatterbox can begin to come and begin to whisper to you, is this, in this idea of, of deception. Is in this idea of being deceived. Look at what happens. The, the father recognizes that, that something's wrong with the dream, something's wrong with the child, and says, hey, you need to take this to, to your mother. Why to your mother? Because, because your mom's the one that carried the promise for nine months and then birthed the promise. Take it back to, to her. And, and so they carry the child to her. And, and this, this is what she does. She, she lays the child on her own lap for several hours. And then he dies. The enemy, the chatterbox, the whispers, would like to deceive you into thinking that you can handle this on your own. That you can handle this on your own. That you got this covered that, man, you, man, you're smart enough, you're good enough, you're brave enough, you're courageous, whatever it is, you, you got this. And she could have gave in to that, but look what happened. She tried everything she could do, and then the promise dies. One of the things that the enemy loves to do is try to single us out and try to get us to think, hey, you can handle this. 
try to, try to pull you away from the community, try to pull you away from those that could speak hope, life into your circumstance and your situation. But I love what she does. She doesn't throw in the towel in that moment. She doesn't call it quits in that place. What she does is after she has done everything she could do, she could have thrown the towel in right there and said, well, it's over. Let's go have a funeral. But she doesn't. What she does, and ladies and gentlemen, hear me this morning. What she does is she takes the promise. She takes the boy back to the place which it first started. Takes it back to the place where it first, where it first started. And when the chatterbox comes and begins to say, hey, it's over. You've did everything you can do. You should throw in the towel. Can I tell you something? You need to take things back to God. You need to take things back to the promiser. You need to, are you with me this morning? Takes it up, lays the boy on the bed. Could have given up, but she didn't. There's some of you in here this morning, I feel like you want to throw in the towel and and maybe a part of that. You might not even sense that it's just throwing in the towel. You might think, you know what? I don't need this. I got this on my own. Don't listen to that voice. Don't listen to that voice. Now listen to the Holy Spirit, what he's whispering to you today. Now don't throw in the towel by giving into deception. You with me this morning? So she doesn't. So instead she goes and she comes to to her husband and says, hey, I I need a servant and I need a donkey. And his response is, why shouldn't we be planning for a funeral? And in her heart, she says, "Uh uh-uh. No, 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 no. This was a promise given to me. See, ladies and gentlemen, no one knows the promise that God has promised you except for you. You might have shared the promise with somebody else, but they weren't there when you got the promise. They weren't there when you had that moment where God was speaking to you. It might have been in a service like this. It might have been in a quiet time and you're reading your Bible. It might have been you're driving in a car. It might be in the shower. Come on, somebody. Unless you're married to that person, nobody better have been in the shower with you. (laughs) Well. Nobody was there other than the man of God, her, and the servant. Husband wasn't there. What do you mean you're, you need a donkey? What do you mean you need, you need a servant? In those moments, we need to hold on to the promise that God gave us. Even when no one else sees it, even when no one, no one else understands it, go back to that place, go back to that moment. And that's what she did. She went back to the place, back to the moment. Wait a second, I remember standing right here at this doorway. There's her son lying on the bed. And the man of God spoke to me and said, I would hold my promise. She says, no, husband, I, I love you, but we're not doing a funeral yet. Instead, she gets the donkey and she tells the servant, hey, let's get going. And here we find her second opportunity to discover what we need to overcome if we're not going to give up. Number two, the chatterbox will try to detour you. Try to detour you. She overcame the idea that, you know what, I can't do this on my own, and so I'm going to press in. But then she starts her journey, and look, look at what she says to the servant. Look what she herself does when anybody comes to her and says, hey, how you doing? Is everything okay? Look at what she says. It's well. Everything is okay. Now, was everything okay? No, clearly not everything was okay. But this is what happens. This is what the enemy likes to do. 
The enemy in these moments of, 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 of your, your dream dying or you feel like throwing in the towel, the enemy wants you to begin to talk about it with other people. Wants to detour you. Now maybe, maybe, maybe there's a certain group of you in here today that, that like to talk about issues more than another group. You know, maybe, I don't know, I, I live with three women. I have two daughters and a wife. And to make matters worse, they got a female poodle. All right? So it's me against them. And wow. Okay? And I, one thing I've noticed real quickly is they like to talk. Not the poodle, but they like to talk. But listen to what she does. Now, this took some restraint. She says, hey, it is well. It is, it is, it is well. But the enemy wants you because the Bible says that death and life are in the power of your tongue. And the enemy wants you to get to open up. Hey, how's everything going? You want to know how my day is? Anybody with me today? You ever been there before? There's something in the immediate moment that feels good about it, right? Like, you want to know how my day is? The Starbucks line was so long. First world problems, right? You want to know how my day was? There was an accident on the freeway. Oh my gosh, were you in it? No, it was somebody else that just ruined my day by having an accident. Right? Now, I know none of you probably felt like that. I'm just talking about myself, okay? And all of a sudden, you begin to talk. And you begin to share and all of a sudden, here's what they do. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Man, the other day, am I talking to the wrong church this morning? Oh, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then, and then my husband tried to tell me not to go. Can you? Oh, husbands are always like that. Anytime I want to go shoe shopping, they're like, don't go, you know? All of a sudden, you begin those conversations, but those conversations... What do they do? They do nothing. She says, hey, look, you're going to have some people that are going to come alongside of you that want to talk about your problem, that want to talk about your issue, that want to talk about how you want to throw in the towel. And the reality is, is as you begin to open up your mouth, you're going to discover that they feel the same way. And all of a sudden, you're tying yourself together with somebody else that wants to throw in the towel. And the reality is, if you do that, you will eventually throw in the towel. So she says, hey, when you get going, don't talk to anybody. If anybody asks you how things are, say everything is good. She learned something in that moment. Please, ladies and gentlemen, hear, it, hear me today. Do not tie yourself with other people that cannot help you. Do not tie your confession with other people that cannot help you go to the place that God wants to take you. Learn to just, I mean, everything's good. Well, am I lying at that moment? No, you're not. You're not lying at that moment because God lives outside of space and time. And he promised it. And if he promised it, therefore, he's going to fulfill it. She could have got detoured. She could have got off. But she didn't. She stayed on track. She stayed moving forward. She didn't gossip. She didn't give in. She didn't slow down. She kept moving on with what God had for her. Sometimes these are well-meaning people, such as the servant, Gehazi. Keep moving. You know what God spoke to you. Her third opportunity to give up. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? 
Her third opportunity to give up, if I could share it with you, the chatterbox will try to get you delayed. But I need you to see this for a moment. Delayed. And if you stop at this moment, you don't reach the place that God has for you. Listen to what happens. The servant now comes. Hey, is everything okay? Is everything happening? Is is everything good? Yeah, it's good. Not going to delay with you. Then she gets, check this out. She gets to the man of God. Listen to what the man of God says. The man of God says, hold on a second, Gehazi. Don't push her away. There's something going on, and the Lord has hid it from me. I believe this with all my heart that sometimes God will allow delay in our life. God will allow it. He'll allow that delay to happen to see if we'll push through and lay hold of it. Her delay at that moment came because it was hidden from the man of God. There's some of you in here today, maybe you've pushed past, like, man, I, I get it, man. I, you know, I'm a part of a community. People are speaking into my life. And, man, I'm not, I'm not giving into negative thoughts and negative conversations. Man, I'm pushing through. But, man, it just feels like I'm not getting there. It feels like it's delayed. Don't give up in that moment. Push through. Press on. And see what happens by the grace of God. Amen? So she does. She presses through. Gehazi comes, tries to shove her away. Man of God says, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I feel this for somebody here this morning. There's been a delay in your life. There's been a delay in your life. Sometimes God allows that delay because he wants you to push through. Sometimes it's divine delay because you're not ready. But I feel like there's somebody, I don't know who it is, but I just feel like there's somebody here this morning as I've been praying for this service, as I've been praying for this church, I feel like there's somebody in here today and, man, it's delayed. It's delayed. Maybe you didn't even understand it was delayed. Maybe you just thought it was never going to happen, but the Holy Spirit would say to you, don't give up. Press through and see what happens. Let me share this next one with you. My last one. Discouragement. Discouragement. The enemy will try to get you to give up by discouraging you, by discouraging you. But I love what she did. Listen to the story. She comes, she finds the man of God. She presses through all of these scenarios that could cause her to give up. And she gets to the man of God. She made her way all the way there. Ah, this is going to be so good. She made her way all the way there. And she gets there. And the man of God says to the servant, hey, go ahead and take this staff and take that and lay it on the boy. And she says, hold on a second. I didn't make my way to church this morning. I didn't make my way all the way here today just so your servant can go lay some wood on my circumstance and on my situation. I am not leaving until I have your presence coming with me back to the place that I built for you. She could have given to discouragement. She could have stopped at that moment and said, oh, okay, Gehazi, I'm with you. Let's go and let's lay the the wood down 
on, on my promise and let, let's see what happens. But she drops to her knees and she clings to the, the man of God and she says, I am not going anywhere unless you come with me. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me today. There are some things in our life that we are this close to seeing God break through and do. We are this close to seeing God move in the movement church like never before. But are we going to be satisfied? Are we going to be content with something dead and dry? Are we going to press on and say, look, I didn't come here for the staff. I didn't come here for the stick. I didn't come here for that. I came here to lay hold of the very presence of God for my circumstance and for my situation. Because it's in the presence of the Lord. That is the fullness of joy. And at his right hand is every single thing we need. But because of her very beginnings, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this promise. I wasn't even seeking after it. No, instead I was seeking the presence. And, and so we, we, we built a room. And you came. And through that, something phenomenal, something supernatural was, was birthed. And so I don't come to you now wanting anything different than your presence to come. 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 I feel like there's some people in here today, and, and I have some other things to share, but I feel like I need to stop right here. There's some people in here today that you feel like throwing in the towel. And I don't know what area it is. I don't know what area you feel like giving up, but there's something happening in your life. There's some circumstance, some business situation, some relational thing that's happening, or maybe it's even on this spiritual journey. You ever felt like throwing in the towel on God, or am I the only one that's been there before? You ever felt like maybe God has given up on you, and you just feel like, forget this, it's not worth it, and felt like throwing in the towel? But let me tell you something today. I believe with all my heart that if you just continue to push through the, the, the delays, continue to push through the, the deception, continue to push through the detours, and continue to push through the discouragement, if you would just begin to reach, if you would just begin to pull, if you would just begin to kick by the grace of God, I believe with all my heart that not only will you get to the other side and not only will you obtain that which God has in store for you, I believe that God has incredible promises for you. I believe that God has incredible dreams for you, but yet you feel like you are buried. You feel like you are underwater. You feel like you've been working and you feel like you've been working. And God would say to you today, you are almost there. Keep reaching. It might feel like my daughter and your eyes are bugging out of your head. You might be looking up right now at your heavenly father saying, daddy, are you going to help me? And daddy's saying, son, daughter, I've given you everything you need by my grace. I've given you everything you need by my son, Jesus Christ. When he went to the cross, he uttered these words. It is finished because all the work that would ever need to be done for you was finished on the cross. If you would just begin to take the grace and begin to apply it to your life, you would begin to rise up and you begin to bust through whatever situation, whatever obstacle, whatever thing is facing you right now in Jesus' mighty name. God, we thank you for your word today. Do me a favor right now. Just close your eyes for a minute and just, 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 if you wouldn't mind, just, just kind of bowing your heads. He said, Ben, why are you asking me to do that? Man, I had so much more I could have shared. Forgive me for not being funny. Normally I'm funny. Just, just tell Pastor Kerry I was funny. Do me a favor. Close your eyes right now. Do me a favor. Why, why do I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads? If you're new to church like many of us in here are. 
You might be thinking, what, what, what's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. It's just a simple way of closing out the distractions, closing out the things that would be taking place around us, and just focus on this for one minute. What in your life right now, where in your life do you feel like throwing in the towel? Where in your life do you feel like throwing in the towel? I feel like God sent me as a messenger of grace to you today. Don't, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. I know, I know you're in that moment where you feel like, man, but it's all resting on me. And says, God says, no, no, would you cast all your cares upon me for I care for you? Would you begin to take it to the room? Would you begin to lay it down and, and watch and see what I would do? There's some of you in here and you've been detoured momentarily because you've been tying yourself verbally with those that cannot help you. And the Holy Spirit would remind you today that death and life is in the power of the tongue. Hold your tongue. Confess what God says over your life. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're good plans, plans to give you a hope and a future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's some of you here today, and, and you're in that moment of delay. For some of you, I feel it so strongly. For some of you, it's, it's, it's divine delay. God's delaying because there's something else he's doing behind the scenes that you don't fully know. Some of you, it's that delay because God just wants you to push through. He's a good dad. He's a good heavenly father. And his word is here for you. And the Holy Spirit is empowering you. You can do it. You can push through with his grace and with his power, with his strength. That's why the Bible says when we are weak, he is strong. When we are weak, he is strong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something today. We are weak. We are weak. Let his strength come and equip you and empower you today. Hallelujah. And I come this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I break discouragement off your life. There's somebody here been discouraged. Hallelujah. Don't grow weary in doing well. For you will reap in due season if you do not lose heart. You will reap in due season if you do not lose heart. Movement Church, you will reap in due season if you do not lose heart. And I believe that your due season is almost here. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Your season is about here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And with every eye closed, every head bowed, and you're here today, and you say, Ben, that message, what's for me? There's an area in my life I feel like throwing in the towel. I feel like giving up. I feel like calling it quits. With eyes closed and heads bowed, I wonder who I'm praying for from the, from the stage right now. Could you just shoot your hand in the air and just say, that's me. That's me. Come on, lift you. Just keep it up. Keep it up for a minute. There's others of you. You feel like giving up. You feel like giving up. You feel like giving up. Come on, set up and pack up, team. I know, I know you're out there. I know sometimes you get in here at 6 o'clock in the morning, you feel like, oh, God, is it going to be worth it? God, is it going to be worth it? Go ahead and put your hands down. Yeah, hands all over this place. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God sent me for you. God sent me here today for you. Lots of hands. God sent me here for you. You might be sitting here and your hand didn't go up. There's someone in here and your hand didn't go up. It's because you don't even have the strength to lift your hand right now. You feel like it's just another pump me up message. You feel like it's just another, yeah, okay, this will get me through the week. And you didn't even have the strength to lift your hand. But the Holy Spirit says, no, that message is for you, son. That message is for you, daughter. Hallelujah. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't call it quits. Your due season's about here. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just a minute, I'm going to pray for you right where you're at. There's others in here today, and you haven't even jumped on board with this, with this spiritual journey. But today is a great day to do it. Because I'm telling you, God has an awesome plan and purpose for your life. Man, I don't know how people do it without God. I really don't. I don't know how when they hit these moments where they feel like throwing in the towel that they don't just chuck in the towel. But I'm telling you with Jesus working in you and the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. Hallelujah. You're here today. You'd say, Ben, you know what? I'm, I'm far from God. I don't, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus, but something's going on in my heart today and I'm ready to step into that moment. I'm ready to step into that moment. Eyes closed, heads bowed. You're here today and you're saying, I need to, I need to, I need, I need to step on this train. I need to get going with a spiritual journey if that's you. Come on, God's speaking to you right now. Nobody's looking around. Would you just shoot your hand in the air if you're out there so I can pray for you right where you're at? You're here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. You can go put your hand down. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you today. Lord, I lift up those that are here today. and God, they feel like throwing in the towel in some area of their life. Lord, I thank you that you sent me as a messenger of grace today. Lord, to remind them that with you on their side, with you working on their behalf, God, if they would just push through, Lord, they're going to obtain. They're going to they're gonna have. They're going to lay hold of. Hallelujah. 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 So I pray they'd be encouraged today. I pray they'd be strengthened today. I pray they'd be equipped today. I pray that if nothing else, the story of my 16-month-old daughter would ring over and over in their head. In that moment that they feel like giving up, they would think about a little girl in a pool who is falling down to the bottom, but with all her strength, with all her might, begin to reach, begin to pull, begin to kick, and rose to the top. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let it encourage them today. Let them be strengthened today. Lord, I pray for that one. Lord, that raised their hand saying, I need Jesus. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 10, that we believe with our heart. I believe that Jesus is who he said he is. And then confession is made unto salvation. What we've coined that is, is we've coined that as a prayer. But it's just a simple confession. And all you have to do right now is utter it out of your mouth. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And in that moment, salvation takes place. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 3 that as we continue to move in this spiritual journey, hallelujah, that we bear fruit worthy of repentance. What, what is that fruit? It's the evidence of a changed lifestyle. It's the evidence of a transformed life. It's the evidence that his grace is abundant and sufficient. So, Lord, I lift up that young lady right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right where you're sitting, you just whisper that. You raise your hand, just whisper it. You don't even have to whisper it loud enough for anyone to hear. You just whisper it so you can hear it. Say, Jesus. I believe in you. I believe you're the son of God that you died on the cross for my sins. Hallelujah. That you rose again from the grave that today I could have a brand new life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for those that were sensitive enough to respond saying, I'm not going to throw in the towel in Jesus mighty name. Thank you for joining us today. Find out more about us at the ocmovement.com or we'd love to meet you in person this Sunday. Until next time, Orange County.